0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more, so you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros.
1: Hello, and welcome to a special on Starting Foot 21. I'm your host, Ben. This is the Foot Weekly Podcast brought to you by our supporters. And I should say, before we get into this, there is of course no right or wrong way to start. And whatever you do, you should definitely enjoy it. But there are a number of ways you can get an advantage I brought together three special guests who all have slightly different approaches to the game. And of course, I have my own as well. We'll be discussing those and hopefully that will help inform your decision making in the early stages of FIFA Ultimate Team. It might feel quite early to do this podcast, it's about three weeks before FIFA 21 drops, at least the trial, but this is one of the most requested podcasts every year and it also will set you up nicely and allow you to do a little preparation, a bit of thinking about how you're going to do things when that trial drops or when you get the full game. Let's get into it then and I'll start by introducing a regular around these parts, Edge Apes.
2: Hello, how's it going?
1: Very good, thanks. After our little test of FIFA 21 last week, how are we feeling?
2: I'm excited to get back to probably everybody's favorite time of year, which is right on release when there's plenty to do and lots of grinding and opportunity is everywhere.
1: And we also have two very experienced trading experts on this week's pod. We have, first of all, Matt for
3: trading. Thank you very much, Ben. I'm I'm excited. It's getting closer to that uh, that FIFA 21 release, and it's that time of year where we can start preparing, start getting those methods down, start thinking about those starter teams, and yeah, I'm excited to get into it.
1: It's going to be good, and we also have star, of course, of that league sbc foot information podcast we did a few months ago i'm a duck quack welcome quack
4: <laughs> honored to be here with you guys this is more exciting than the launch of
1: FIFA. <laughs> i'm not sure about that but uh we can certainly provide some insight into the launch of fifa in this episode i think we've probably covered a ridiculous number of fifa launches between us over time and uh each year they do change a bit and that's kind of something that i wanted to start with obviously things change over time in terms of what they bring out at the start what the best things to be doing are at the start actually varies year to year generally um, but there are some more general pointers that we can make and some more specific advice too and things that have worked and been successful for people for many many years so we'll make sure we cover those as well as pointing out where things might be changing this year and of course bringing in the insight from that FIFA 21 we played at the capture event, and various other things as well. So uh, let's start off then at the very start, which is, for those who don't know, I think most people probably will, the web app tends to come out before the console version of the game is available. So let's just run through what we tend to be doing on the web app pre-launch. I'm going to start with you, Japes, because (laughs) the reason why I'm throwing you in at the deep end here is because we should probably start by saying that you know, both Japes and I will put in FIFA points at the start of the game, which somewhat affects your approach. Someone like you know Matt or I'm a duck quack who are not using FIFA points will know much more about getting uh, good value out of your time on the web app. But Japes is someone who probably doesn't need that web app period so much. What what are you tending to to do on there?
2: Yeah. I mean, once upon a time, uh, I was very much RTG style player myself. Now I have limited time. And so that means limited market knowledge because I tend to prefer spending my time playing the game. And so with that said, I still do like hopping on the web app early. And I think for me, really what I do is I just sell off as many like random players that I can, if I get fortunate and pack somebody really good, that's awesome. But otherwise Mm. I sell off a lot of players and try to do what I'd call some like very light trading to get to uh, try to get to at least one sort of marquee card early that I believe will rise in value faster than the overall market rises in value. But like beyond that, otherwise I'm just like waiting for the game to drop.
1: Yeah, totally. And I I feel like maybe I've, missed a step a little bit here the point being that you can't buy fifa points on the web app so matt you have this interesting period where essentially there isn't the big influx of coins that people are generating through packs for that period
4: yeah
3: definitely i think the web app is is such a good time of the year because everyone's starting from scratch you don't have that big influx of coins as you say so you know everyone's trading with the the really low end cards you know your your silvers your non-rare goals to try and build up their initial coin total so Finding areas of the market to make profit in is always a fun task, you know, completing those early SBCs is always good fun to get those coin totals rolling. So, uh, yeah, I think the the initial stages of the web app, you know, it definitely, you know, it's good for traders. We love to post our various starter methods and guides. So I think we'll uh, we'll be seeing a lot more of that this year. Hopefully it will be a, a pretty standard start to FIFA 21.
1: Yeah. And, Duck, in terms of the advice that you'll be giving out, come the web app, I suppose, what are the things that people should be looking out for uh, if they're coming into this without any plans to say spend a significant amount of fifa points when the game properly drops
4: if you're starting without spending the points then it's all about how you build that foundation like matt said with your web app it's the small grains like your silver cards or the gold cards that are used in the advanced SBCs at the start that see that big spike early on and then like jake said as well looking Uh, investments of sorts for when the game's released, because that's when all the points get spent and all the coins go into the market. So the buying power goes up and then all the player cards rise in turn with that. So if you can pick up a few of those cheaper beasts that are likely to be very in-demand popular players, or even just basic stuff for like the marquee matchups you might see or Champions League marquee matchups if you're on a budget, those kind of things will probably be where I'd advise most people to start with.
2: Duck, as you say that, I'm having like... I'd say borderline triggered flashbacks to last year. I actually got Ferland Mendy in a pack very early on. (laughs) And I just like, I was like, "Eh, I'm not really going La Liga or French team, so I'll just sell him. And he obviously sold instantly, but it made me think that as like a word to the wise, players that are already close to or at the top of their uh, price range, once those price ranges get updated, they tend to fly.
1: That's a really good point. I think one of the things that happened last year actually was quite a few players went extinct and went extinct again and and prices just seemed to fly beyond what was expected in terms of price range, right?
4: Uh, Yeah, so basically every year EA seems to really mess up price ranges on certain cards. And this is probably some of the key advice that will isolate targeting given like the patron and stuff that we run. So last year you had the likes of Havertz, which was 10,000. You had obviously Mendy, which was 10,000. St. Maxim was 10,000. Sancho, I think was Uh,
1: 20,000.
4: Yeah. Lucas Hernandez from Bayern, he was 20,000, I think. And these guys obviously just had a way too low price gap, which was a mess up from EA's part more than anything. But as soon as they got changed, then that's when huge profits were just easy.
1: Exactly. And what people were, Matt, doubling their coins on these kind of players in certain situations? Yeah,
3: it was doubling, tripling, sometimes even quadrupling coins. I think, as Duck said, I think Lucas Hernandez was 20,000 coins on you know day one, maybe day two as well. And I think next week after a couple of price ranges, he was up to around eighty eighty five thousand 85,000 coins. So, yeah, I think there's that's one of the big profit methods early on. If you can snipe these extinct players, um, wait for their price range updates, you really can make a, a good amount of coins early on.
1: Yeah, and it is an interesting one because even if you are putting FIFA points into the game, and I think Jake was mentioning this, it can be worth trying to you know make some trades here and there. Maybe I was thinking a key thing, of course, to do is to complete those basic starter SBCs and you can maybe move on to the advanced ones if you feel like you can gather the players to do that. And also completing any non-gameplay objectives within the uh, objective system because A, you're saving time for when the console... Version drops, but also you might get your good player out of that, and maybe you also be able to complete some of the other SBCs with that player, um, which gives you something tradable. But definitely, the advanced SBCs have been tradable rewards, which can really help you out if you pack someone good. But also, you know as james was saying if you do pack someone good someone like mendy it may be worth holding that player rather than uh, just looking for the instant coins but in general i think the guidance or sound advice at this point duck when you're on the web app is to try and like squeeze as many coins out of things in your club as possible right
4: yeah if you haven't got any coins you can't do anything basically so Mm. it's just anything that's worth anything sell and Even those cards like the gold rares that sometimes rise for challenges across the year, usually I end up just discarding those. If they don't have a market price, those free 400 coins they can give you can actually buy you something Mm. that will give you some kind of profit or some kind of return in a much quicker way.
1: Yeah, and Matt, it'd be interesting to hear from you a bit about... The advanced SBCs, I know people may be familiar with them, but they're something I always slightly procrastinate about doing because there can be a bit of a pain Mm. to kind of sit down and do, but they are definitely things that provide a pretty decent amount of value.
3: Yeah, I think, you know, that's one of the main approaches I go with every year is I make sure I get the advanced SBCs completed if I can on that very first night because, you know, players are still Mm -hmm. pretty cheap because people don't have as many coins. They've just ripped open their starter packs. They're still okay supply and if you can start pulling some some decent players early on you know from the uh it takes eight sbc i think i pulled a timo werner which was you know that was a good coin boost Mm. early on but even then if you don't pull amazing players you're still getting you know half decent low end rare golds that might sell for starter teams so you can make profit um at the same time so i think yeah i think if you can get these sbcs done efficiently pretty cheaply using some some off leagues you know maybe some less popular nations try and be a little bit creative with the way you're completing sbcs uh never use fuckbin sorry for you fuckbin solution guys out there just never use fuckbin solutions because you'll you'll just pay through the roof for them do you want to explain a bit more about that because i think it is worth mentioning right yeah for sure so basically this would be on sbcs like the one nation, 11 leagues, for example, where you know, you'll know you need like a specific Argentinian right back or left back and you just see them rising exponentially. So on those sort of easier SBCs where it's like, you know, just maybe like four leagues, three nations, things like that, you'll have more room to sort of interchange players, as Duck said. But the ones that are quite strict, try and uh, mm. avoid where possible.
1: I think the point being with these SPCs as well, Duck, which is probably worth noting is as you're completing these SBCs you'll probably start to see which players may be pinched and you could look to invest which is another reason to get them done fairly early I'd imagine
4: yeah if you can work out a solution where certain players are almost vital to some solutions for example last year with the advanced SBC there were Argentinian fullbacks used in one of them and they were basically extinct from day one because Argentina was such an easy nation to use But the Argentinian Mm. fullbacks were so, so rare and so scarce that they just, yeah, they held their value the whole year through, basically.
1: Exactly. So that is something to be getting on with, uh, no matter what your plans are, I guess, come launch proper. Uh, In terms of the final points here, web app trading, I guess one thing we should say to people who are planning to do it, matt is the don't expect like massive margins yeah a lot of the trading that you end up doing it's like pretty small games yeah
3: year on year it's been getting harder and harder you know we've got more and more people coming onto the web app you know there's there's only so many players to make profit with Mm. so yeah it is it's definitely a grind you know you're not going to be making thousands of coins on on many players early on unless you're trading with like really high-end budget players it is going to be a case of you know sometimes making tens of coins on a player at a time so for that reason you know if you've got the time to do it fair play go for it you know if you can make you know 10 20 30k a day trading it's it's really not that bad if you're you know running on a budget. I know I personally go down the investing route as early as possible. So, you know, as we say with the the, the SBCs, finding those players, like Duck said, you know, the Argentinian fullbacks, things like that. They are always good last year to invest early in, you know, on day one, wait until day two or three when people were doing the SBCs and then making profit that way. So yeah, if you've got the time to trade, definitely get on it. You know, there's a load of filters that will be on Twitter and you can research on your own to make coins. But if not, maybe go down the investing route.
2: So here's here's a question that, Matt, you dropped this like 20 to 30K a day idea on the web app. Mm-hmm. How much time are you spending on the web app, learning the market and trading and looking for opportunities to make 20 to 30K a day early on? It
3: depends what you're doing, to be honest, because you can you can do the whole bidding, sniping thing where... You know, you're just looking for undercuts, things like that, and then mm-hmm. flipping for market value. Or you can go down the route of actually learning market fluctuations early on, which does take a bit more time. You know, you're spending more time just sort of observing and looking at the market rather than actually making moves. But in the long term, that's probably a better way to go. In terms of time, oh, I don't know. It's hard to give an exact exact answer. It's, it's going to be hours. It's not going to be a case of you hop on for you know, 20, 30 minutes and you're making, making 10, 20, 30 K. You're looking at a few hours to make that sort of returns, just doing sort of the low end flipping early on with the competition on the web app.
2: Yeah. I think, you know, not doing that myself (laughs) and not having like the hours to put in to do that. I think that probably makes a lot of sense. And so, you know, I see a lot of people get really frustrated and say, I see these guys making tens of thousands of coins very early on. Like I can't seem to do it. And Like if you're wanting to make tens of thousands of coins early on to set yourself up, you know, hopefully for the year by doing some you know, aggressive trading very early on, like it's a time commitment and it's not a time commitment that it's like 30 minutes a day or an hour a day. But like you really have to put in the time um, to reach the levels that you're seeing people reach on Twitter.
1: Totally. I think that's a really good point. And also, you know, the people you're seeing on Twitter have been doing it for years and years. They're extremely experienced. You know, even before they go into spending all that time, uh, they know exactly what they're doing. And I think one of the things that I just say about the web app, and we often forget when we talk about these things, it's like real life is out there uh, having an impact on what our listeners are doing. And I think if you're someone who, even if you're not going to spend like a massive amount of FIFA points at the start, even if you're someone who, just doesn't really have the wisdom without a lot of research or perhaps, you know, getting your information from someone like Matt or or Duck to start to learn it, then actually, you know, spending those few days that the web app is out doing other things in your life <laughs> and giving yourself more time when the game comes out to actually play it is probably quite a wise move. And it's something that I've always, over the last couple of years, especially when the web app pre-release time has been reducing, I guess, you know, there's been less time on it, I've kind of thought, well, actually those couple of days for me myself, I'd rather be sorting myself out so that I can really commit to the game once it comes out on console. It's just something worth considering because I think in the past I've maybe been caught out by like, oh, what can I do on the web app? And actually, is that a good use of my time? Probably not, yeah, I guess. I
3: think you've said it there, Ben. You know, I think there's a lot of emphasis and stress put on, you know, or have a good start on the web app or, you know, you know game changing all that. But if I had to sort of quantify it, it's probably the difference between, you know, missing out on a division rivals reward or something like that. It's not really going to change your year at all. You know, it's it's not going to be the difference between making, you know, 2 million and 10 million coins by team of the year. It's a nice little boost to have early on, but it's not going to change your experience for the year if you have a really good start on the web app or just t- save your time doing other things. I I
4: agree to some extent, but for me, nothing beats web app trading. It's kind of like <laughs> when you build a house. I was
1: hoping you would say that actually, to be honest.
4: <laughs> Get interesting debate going on. Like if you build a house, yeah, you yeah. start at the foundations. And if the foundations are there, then you build the rest of the house. And it's kind of the same with trading. Like the grind and the learning you do at the start sets you up for the whole year. Like we were talking mm. about Mendy earlier and how he tripled, quadrupled him after release. Uh, the mm. same thing will happen every year with certain players. And if you're not in a position where you can buy those, like Matt said, it's not going to affect your whole year, but you're going to lose out on a lot of easy, easy coins. If you mm. use another example, sorry to keep going, but um, uh. Champions League marquee matchups for the past two years have had Bayern in one of them. And I think the first year might have been Barcelona. Both um, teams went extinct at 5k, 10k, sorry. So it was the easiest coins that you're ever going to make just from investing early on in the web app.
1: Yeah, yeah, investing in extinct players on the web app is always a really good option. And, you know, when the game actually drops as well. And I think it is important to say that if you are running a Road to Glory account, the web app is a really good way to get a good head start because you are at the disadvantage you're then at when people start opening packs. So well worth getting on top of that if you are someone planning to do that. In terms of other things to think about before going into the console version of the game, actually, one of the things that I like to do is get very aware of the players that are out there, players that I might like to target to pick up early on, players that I guess I can bring into my team when using the web app that are cheaper players, but also ones that I want to aim for. Uh, when, you know, things get quite hectic at the very start. So I was just wondering, from your perspective, obviously having played the game as well, what would you advise people look for?
2: Yeah, I, I sort of feel like it's a do what feels right for you in the beginning. Like, there's nothing worse than, like, forcing yourself to use, like, an off-league because you think there's maybe some good value and you just, like, don't enjoy it with playing any of the players. But having played the beta pretty extensively agility is still going to be important and pace is still going to be important center backs though that have high defensive ratings are very usable and I I think I mentioned it on the pod maybe last week but I used Javi Martinez pretty extensively as a holding midfielder in a 4-3-3 and because he had really good defensive stats like I got away with it so there might be some good Mm. values in there for players like that to consider but You know, I think it depends what your goals are. I I mentioned it earlier for me. Really, I like to trade as much as I can until I can get to my first like cheap icon, I suppose is like really what I'm trying to do. And then just let that icon appreciate in value. So like last year, and then icon trading for me is like really quite good and quite enjoyable. And you're only learning one sector of the market, but because the supply is so limited and the demand fluctuates over the course of a day, you're able to, get significant trades off and find really good value out there. But I always traded to like the baby version of Lothar Mateus as like the CB version, start with five back, move him into the midfield, let him kind of dominate the midfield for me very early on and getting in at that card at like 400 K or so, he usually appreciates in value by like 300 K pretty quickly. So I think for me, been to as like a long winded way of like, what kind of starter team are you building? It's like, I just pick a league that I think is easy to grow into. And like, I just, I tend to learn, like for me, I almost always pick the Bundesliga and I learn the p- player values in the Bundesliga, learn what positions there's scarcity at. And then I'm able to kind of like low key trade and grow with the league on my way to getting like an icon that's easy to work in.
1: Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think one thing I did want to point out about the gameplay, but also the changes to chemistry styles around selection of players, and this is kind of always the case anyway, but the chemistry style nerf really impacts agility and balance much more than any other stat area. And although obviously basic, I think, boosts agility, I would say with the fact that the game is not heavily built around dribbling, but it it certainly, it feels a bigger factor than it did last year and this whole agile dribbling thing being important. I think that players with high base balance, agility, actually also ball control because that's not really boosted by chemistry styles much too, could be the kind of players that you want to look for at the start.
2: Yeah, I think so. I think you kind of made me think about something that I tend to do, Ben, that I didn't mention. And... I tend to try to find midfielders that offer formation variety, if that makes Mm. sense. Like I tend to try to find a midfielder that I could use as a holding midfielder or a box to box midfielder and have an attacking midfielder that maybe could be used as a box to box midfielder as well. And then wingers that could be used as like a very attacking left wing or as a box to box left mid. And so for me, because I I focus on the gameplay and so finding players that allow me to try different formations without having to go out and like sell that player and buy a new player and lose a bunch of coins through, you know, taxes or whatever. And just, timing of the market where I might be buying a player at a really poor part of the day where the prices are much higher than they need to be or selling a player at a part of the day when the the market seems to have dipped a little bit. I like having players that allow me to try a bunch of different formations very early on to find out what kind of system is working best for me.
1: Yeah, actually, that's a really good point. You know, not having to churn players because you've got that flexibility in your squad is really nice. You know, someone like a Quadrado has typically been someone like that for me who can play in a more defensive-wide role, but also can, you know, really do a job going forward in the early stages, despite maybe being a slight premium on some of the other options. But, Japes, I wanted to quickly ask you about whether there are going to be certain player types who might be better to use this year? I mean, we know about all this positioning personality aspect. Do you feel like there might be certain players with you know, high mental attributes going forward that could be worth a look this year that maybe wouldn't have been worth a look early on last year?
2: Yeah, let's just clarify. Better than previous years, but like but there's a there's a definite but on there. And that's I think that's better than previous years until there are players that like catch up in the rating. This year what's going to be different for me especially from a defender selection perspective, my two center backs, I probably will be willing to take like I I will pick the player that has 85 plus defending and high 60s pace over the player that has near 80s pace but like 79 defending because like oftentimes mm. I think you find center backs specifically that have a high pace rating tend to go for a really really high price early on and players that have a high defensive rating but don't have great pace maybe even go for less than them sometimes and this year I'm going to be focusing on the center backs that have higher defensive ratings
1: it could well be that that works out better it'll be interesting to see like how different it is from what we played but i definitely think based on that you know those mental attributes did feel more important than they've been so let's see matt anything to add on this in terms of like picking players that you think look good or whether it's for investing or just for players for your team
3: i always like to go down the extinct players route early on purely because Mm. some of them will be quite meta it would be the reason why they're extinct for the most part so having them in your team and being able to use them is quite nice because sometimes the price ranges will take a few days to update so it's better to at least get some get some use out of them if they're not having their range updated so they're not just sitting on your transfer list doing nothing um, sort of wasting Mm. your coins and taking up your coins so you might as well try and use these extinct players in your team uh, if they're not getting their ranges updated other than that you know, just, you know, your, your standard players that do well every year, you know, your pacey, tricky wingers with good agility balance. They're always good to get in early on. Having a, a striker that, that can finish is always key, you know, five star weak foot, that kind of thing early on. Good things to look for. But yeah, other than that, don't put, don't put too much emphasis on, you know, going for a specific league or anything. You know, just, just go with what you want to do early on and then go from there. It's ultimate team. You're meant to have fun after all
1: yeah definitely and uh duck what about you anything to add i guess we've said a lot so far but
4: i kind of like a mixture of them like with jake said getting an icon and then building around it, or a player you really like that can rise a little bit but you're going to enjoy is the main thing because it's a game after all you've got to enjoy it while you're playing it haven't you but then what matt said with picking up the extinct players as well I like to build the rest of my team around small investments, whether that be extinct players or something for a possible SBC that might be coming out, just something that's likely to make me some money back while I'm enjoying other players in the team. If that makes sense. That
1: makes a lot of sense. And on that, we'll take a break and we'll be back to talk about what we get up to and perhaps what you might consider getting up to once the console version of FIFA 21 finally drops. In this break, it's just a chance for the usual quick plug, really. I mean, as i've said a few times before but maybe not particularly recently this podcast was not able to run weekly prior to launching the patron giving people the opportunity to support the podcast it was something that i was initially kind of reluctant to do actually but was persuaded by some listeners that it was a good idea and it really has been a good idea it's meant the pods become consistent it's meant i've been able to put more time than i've ever been able to before into the foot weekly podcast uh, which has been fantastic but it's not all about what the pod gets you also get plenty in return too for just three dollars a month you can get double the amount of podcast action and plenty of other great perks too you can do that over on the patron which is bit.ly slash more pod so bit.ly slash more for now though a huge thanks for listening and let's hop back into the pod So first thing to mention as we get into this is that, yes, you're getting onto the console, but when you get onto the console, it might vary. Obviously, we know that there's the full release of the game, but of course, if you buy the Champions or Ultimate Edition, you can get on the game three days early, and that's full unlimited access. If you are an EA Play subscriber or perhaps you are going to be subscribing to ea play that's what was called ea access previously you can play the game from the 1st of october so that's quite a bit earlier but you only get 10 hours as part of that unless you're on pc actually in which case i believe it's unlimited or perhaps you have to pay more for the unlimited if you're on pc i'm sure you'll probably know if you're on xbox or playstation like the vast vast majority of our listeners then it's a 10 hour trial it's only a couple of pounds i think to sign up to ea access for the month or ea play as it's now called so it it probably is worth it you know to get that 10 hour head start the one thing i would also say is that there have been ways in the past where people could extend that time but they weren't through means that we can talk about on the pod and you know you can google that or whatever if that's something you're interested in doing if it still is possible so we'll work on the assumption that you are probably going to have limited time i would say and i think the first thing that is quite interesting about this is because the first, which is when the trial or EA Play access starts, is actually potentially just before we get the first Rivals rewards. Is it possible that you'll be able to quickly rush in there and grab some Rivals rewards, Matt?
3: It, it could happen. You know, if if EA sort of schedule these things for the entire year and just have them at a set time, I'd like to say it wouldn't happen because the coin boost early on would be pretty stupid you know you'd have everyone getting their initial sort of ranking promotion coins as well as a set of division rivals rewards on day one so it would be it would be quite mad for the market but um yeah i think that's again it's it's just one of those things that we'll have to wait and see what happens i'm pretty
4: previous years it's released straight off the bat because a lot of people get the game early but still obviously get these insane rewards because they're in squad battles and stuff
1: That's a good point. So there is a possibility that people may get the game, let's say, hypothetically, at midnight UK, you know, between Wednesday and Thursday, and then could have the time between that point and rivals rewards to gain rivals rank and get some really solid rewards off the bat, which I mean, you'd be quite well set up, Duck, if you managed to get yourself some all right rewards. And of course, you know, this year you've got those coin bonuses for placing in a certain division.
4: Yep. Like if you can do all of that, you're going to have enough funds to hopefully like you'd be able to play the game this year without needing to trade and end up with a decent team.
1: Yeah, I think it's one of those things, isn't it? That actually, you know, people who put a lot of time into the game, whether that's playing or trading, tend to end up with a pretty competitive team, even if they're not owning the very top rated players, but the very top, top tier, you know, icons and things. But if you're someone who trades successfully alongside that, then you probably are going to be able to afford the very top players. But in terms of going into FIFA 21 on the console, one of the big things that plenty of people will be looking to do is add FIFA points to give them that head start. My understanding is, and it's always been my philosophy. Spending those FIFA points at the very start is by far the best value. Is, is that where you stand on it, Japes, as well?
2: You can take multiple philosophies with FIFA points. I think it depends like how much you plan on spending. For me, when I think about using my 10 hours, like the web app is still available for as many hours as you want. So if you're on console during those 10 hours, they should be spent earning coins through gameplay. And so whether that's rivals or squad battles or drafts, for me, I think this year, unlike in previous years, I think I'm going to largely focus on squad battles because Ben, and we've talked about this extensively, I'm not entirely convinced that the Like, I'll wait and see on the boost people get from rivals placements to see if I think it's worth it. Because I, at least I think icon swaps and objective players are still going to be a major part this year. Personally, like... I'm really leaning towards just like flopping my <laughs> rivals' games, which perhaps isn't the most like ethical mm. thing to do. Yeah,
1: don't switch off, listeners. Uh, not all of us hold yeah, this game. Yeah,
2: <laughs> exactly. Not not my true style because I like. I generally really do like competing, but I also have hated some of the early objective grinds trying to get them done when I was in like division one playing against NA pro players all the time it's just like that are and and mind you these guys are not as interested in doing the objectives because they're just trying to get ready to get their 27 wins become a verified player so they can compete in the tournaments like they don't care about objective players so someone who wants to complete objectives like playing against those players is just not super fun And usually I will take 12,000 FIFA points or whatever it is and devote them to drafts. In many years, I've done that on early release. But like you're going to come up against Division One elite players when you do that more often than not, because it is the true sweats that are heading into a draft early on because they're on early release already, and they believe that they're going to win a draft if they're in draft that early. So if you're trying to get the maximum value out of your FIFA points that you're putting towards draft, wait for the full game to drop.
1: Yeah, you've covered actually quite a few points in that answer, I was going to say. So the first thing I wanted to point out, which you brought up, was about using your console time and FIFA points. And I think it's a good thing to mention at this point, if you are buying FIFA points, buy your FIFA points and then head over to your web app and open your packs there because you're wasting your time if you're opening them on uh, the console, of course. And then I guess the other point you're making is about Division Rivals and how worthwhile it is to be jumping into Division Rivals. One question we had, which I wanted to bring up at this point, actually, and we'll discuss some of the stuff that you brought up, Japes, later on in your answer. Basically, Hickers' question here When will you guys play your rival's placement games? It seems like it will be more important this year to get as good placement as ever due to the new division rewards. Should you wait until general release to play your games for hopefully easier matchups with the bigger player pool? I think it is an interesting question. It's something that we just won't really know until the game lands because it's quite tricky to work out.
2: Yeah, we have no idea what the strategy is here until we know what the rewards are. Mm. Like it remains to be seen if... Rivals rewards are actually going to be that improved based on what division you're in. Like for me, the the cost benefit analysis here is are rivals rewards improved enough that it makes sense to compete in a higher division, or is it better to slowly work your way up rivals to have perhaps an easier time completing objectives, icon swaps, things of the sort?
1: So Doug, correct me if I'm wrong here, but my reason that I think rivals is important And I don't know whether this... Obviously, as I was saying, we don't know for sure, but it's always important to gain coins as quickly as possible on any new game because as people spend FIFA points and more and more coins come into the game, you're basically riding a wave and the wave's getting bigger and bigger. You need to try and get ahead of that wave if you can. You need to accumulate coins if you can quicker than anyone else. Is that fair to say? And for me, that's why I'd be looking to get my coins from rivals placements whatever they are pretty quickly
4: I I guess it depends on the kind of player you are doesn't it like you said earlier, a lot of people just play for fun but if you do want to compete you do want to have those big teams then I'd personally just be playing those rival games as soon as I can if I remember last year it was like if you lose all five you get put in division six or something and then if you win them all you got division four or it was very close together or or am I wrong with that
1: no no you're right and they've changed it this year to make it in quotes more accurate and what that seems to have done based just on the beta is mean that people do actually end up in a higher division
2: yeah i i placed into division two on the beta div two gang out here oh damn you can place as high as okay
1: yeah yeah exactly and i think i won all my games and drew one and ended up being placed into division three so yeah and it was very top of division three i think so it does seem like it's like a lot more spread and what that means for getting those rewards that you get for going through each division. You're going to get a decent amount compared to everyone else pretty quickly.
2: All right, Ben, you're talking me into it a little bit. I think, <laughs> I think I'm think i going to have to... All right, there's, there's maybe a case to be made that if you have a strong enough starter team to place in early, jump straight into your rivals' matches, no warm-ups, no getting used to it, try to place as high as you can, mm. and then just take all of those coins and like try to buy as many good players as you think you can early on and just let them appreciate value Mm -hmm.
1: yeah that that was my thought because what i was thinking is i would try if i could to do something on the web app maybe i hadn't really decided 100 i was actually kind of interested to hear what was discussed here and then get a team which is like solid enough it might not be amazing and just bosh straight into rivals get the placement coins assuming that you know I've played a bit of demo. I'm going to be all right. Most people who come on will even be playing it for the first time and maybe not have the best team. You know, many people do just literally go into their rivals match, placement matches with bronze teams. I've seen it before in previous years. So it is a viable option, I think. And just in terms of getting ahead of the curve, if you're running like a road to glory or whatever, where you're not spending FIFA points, I think this will be the best way of gaining coins really quickly,
3: Matt. I think, yeah, I think if you're a good player and you can, you know, get you know, four wins and a draw maybe get placed in Division 3 or Division 2, even say, well, we don't know what the rewards are, but say you get 50,000 coins collective in total. If you couple that with some investments, say into extinct players, for example, you can buy five players, five extinct players at 10k. If they go up to 20 or 30k from effectively five matches, you've earned yourself 150k once all the ranges are updated from your investments. So... If you look at it like that, it's a no-brainer in terms of getting the coins in and and using them to further your account further early on. You know, it's quite low effort. Five games what, takes what about an hour and a half, two hours maybe. Yeah. So it's it's not eating into that yeah, access time. It's it's pretty good value for time and money. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think that's definitely a, a way I'll be going this year.
1: And it's actually. That's an interesting one for someone like you, James, as well, because mm. you'll get rage quits in those five games, too. I mean... So it might not even take you that long.
2: I don't I don't know. Generally, when I play NA early on, like, the early access, you're usually coming up against, like, very hardcore players.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's actually potentially, you're right, some regional differences as well, which should, should be considered. <laughs>
2: yeah. I mean, worth considering, right? But... I'm not sure what I'm gonna do i I reserve the right to change my mind <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but true. i I really I want to see what the rewards are. like to me, the initial placement rewards, the like 50k uh, that like could theoretically go a really long way. but also as someone who's putting FIFA points on, like I'm probably gonna get access to a solid enough team and anyway. yeah that's true. So I'm, I'm trying to figure out like what the balance is going to be there. Like I just, unfortunately, I just think we don't have enough information. Hopefully, hopefully EA will come out and tell us ahead of time so that we can formulate our strategies and opinions and share them with you guys. But as of right now, we're just as much in the dark about it and we can speculate. But to Matt's point, like if you're a sound trader then playing your games, like the return that you're going to get for the time that you spend is the best possible that you can get. So, you know, something that's definitely worth considering, but I think it depends how you plan on playing the game over the course of time.
1: I also think you made a good point in terms of how much they're putting into the game in terms of FIFA points, because if you're putting a lot in and maybe the 50k you might get from placing in rivals isn't necessarily that significant and so why would you necessarily rush that and either place into a division you weren't sure that you wanted to be placed into or it doesn't necessarily make sense for everyone but I think if you're running uh, more of a road to glory I think it probably will make sense but we obviously have to see exactly how things pan out and hopefully we hear that about that before Uh, and so you don't have to go into it blind One thing I would say as well, Japes, with your point about, oh, maybe I won't really make a huge effort in rivals, because obviously you've got the fact that objectives then become more difficult. I remember saying to you when we discussed this, I think off the podcast at some point, well, you know, we never really got any great objective players in the first couple of weeks, maybe not even in the first month. And I couldn't say for certain, but Matt, is that fair that we didn't see any good objective players for a while? I think we saw that Andon and that was main. Yeah, that was yeah,
3: Andon was the the first one. Yeah. It could be different this year, of course. We don't know. Yeah, I think but Yeah, well ones to watch is going to be like the first main promotion, and there's a lot of players that they're gonna have to choose from there. So there's a chance that we might see quite a few early objectives for that. But yeah, I can't see many big players coming out that early on. They're not gonna give us incredible meta players via objectives yeah. in the first couple I, of I weeks.
2: Think- Both you guys are right that like the early objective players aren't ever, you know, super valuable. It's not like when summer heat came out, and if you didn't have a couple summer heat players in your team, you were behind the power curve. It's never like that early on. But I think when I talk about, you know, my strategy to begin with, I think it's for me, it's like a long term strategy based on how much time I believe I will be able to commit to playing rivals during the week over the course of the year. And I, that's where it gets tricky because. Completing objectives, like if icon swaps comes out, quickly completing icon swaps could have like a major benefit towards my team at that point. And for me would be a super relief rather than like looking at the icon swaps games and being like, this is going to take me forever to do in division one. So I think for me, knowing I'm going to put FIFA points on, I'll have an okay team to begin with. And I'm happy playing drafts. Like drafts are fun to me. So I am perhaps okay waiting for my club power spike, if you will, until later on.
1: That that, that is actually a good point. I think, you know, you have to appreciate everyone's different experiences. And as you're someone who's going to be getting into Division One, um, playing against NA pros, like it's not an experience that a lot of our listeners will have. And actually, you know, a much more sympathetic to the idea that playing objectives in that scenario is just not something you want to do. Whereas even in, you know, Division 2, Division 3, it becomes much more viable to be doing objectives in those divisions. And I, I suppose, yeah, like I, I totally get that. And I think it makes sense what you're saying. And I think for many of our listeners, obviously they won't be put into that situation. And certainly like, you know, as, as we said, we don't know what's going to happen, but division rivals will be the first good way of getting rewards apart from squad battles maybe but squad battles rewards aren't nearly as good obviously we've also got the fact that it's limited to 30 games rivals this year which there's some talk of maybe this making the rewards better but it will certainly put a bit more emphasis i guess on those games that you're playing and will mean that you don't have to just spam games in order to achieve the best uh, rivals placement uh, within your division and obviously with the fact that Theoretically, you have ten hours. That makes it a more kind of viable option. And whereas a lot of people I know were going for squad battles at the start, and I actually, you know, would say that that is a good way of doing things. Remember, you actually get, and I think we had a question on this. Apologies, I'm not seeing the person who asked it. But you know, should you play squad battles to achieve your placement for rivals? Because actually, squad battles this year, if you play a certain number of games, it is thirty games, though. So. You know, that's going to be difficult to complete. You do get placed into a division. My understanding is that it won't, even if you absolutely smash it, place you that high in divisions because bear in mind the idea behind it is that it draws people into playing more online. And if you think about it, even players who are very good offline aren't necessarily going to be instant division you know, two or one players. So I think you might not get placed if you're a strong player online into the division that you would have done if you played your placement matches online. So that's just something to think about around that. Ultimately, I think what I'm trying to get to here is that Rivals, I think, is a good option because of the 30-game cap, whereas it might not have been previously. Some people seem to find ways of getting those 10 hours extended. Then you had these people who were just spamming games and would get the top ranks. But now with the 30 game cap, they can't get more rival score after those 30 games. So that extra time wouldn't help them. So I think it is a more viable option, but you're going to have to wait until the following Thursday to claim your rewards, which is quite a while. And so perhaps, although the rewards aren't as good, the focus should still be on score battles as those are rewarded earlier. Obviously, you know, ultimately comes down to what you want to do as well but for many matt i think squad battles probably looks like the most logical option and the i guess most risk-free because of when those rewards come in
3: yeah i think that's that's a good way to go i think you're not really talking about that many games in squad battles in early access to to get decent rewards you know a lot of people they like to devote time to to rivals or to foot draft so squad battles does go under the radar a little bit you don't need as many points so if you can even hit like elite three get a couple of uh decent packs i think what you get a couple of 25k packs and a mega pack something like that Um, from Elite 3 squad battle rewards and you know they go a long way early on you know get a couple of little decent balls in there and you've you've really spent your time well uh, playing the game and obviously you're, you're working towards those rivals placement games if you want to go down that route I wouldn't advise playing 30 games of squad battles in early access I think you'd you'd struggle to get them done anyway and you'd probably want to uh, stop playing FIFA 21 in all, in uh, <laughs> in total if you've uh, spent 10 hours playing 30 Squad Battles games. But um, no, definitely go and do it for the rewards. Uh, you'll get a good little coin boost early on.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think I want to talk more in the future about, I guess, our gameplay advice, I suppose, going into FIFA 21 and hopefully we'll get chances to play... bit more fifa 21 before then or potentially you know the demo and people will be more familiar with what they're looking at and we can talk more about that and i also think recommending tips around squad battles is going to be good at that point because I know a lot of people play at the start who maybe don't particularly play it that much across the year so we'll definitely cover that in the future i wanted to ask duck actually we had a question here on this early access period from also ran what small value trading method do you recommend for rtg slash no point spend players when they're first trying to build up their coins during the ea play trial and the three days early access
4: if we're assuming like that you really don't have any experience and you're starting kind of from scratch with trading then i'd focus around either just like very very basic stuff so i'm talking about like popular kits and badges or managers even find something that is in demand so like Jürgen Klopp or real madrid badge and kits and bid and snipe those. There's good coins to be made on them. They can start up to like 5,000 coins and people always overlook them. Or just go down the SBC route, like we were talking about earlier. Find a solution for an advanced SBC that isn't massively used and get those key players for the key positions in it.
1: And uh, just to uh, let me nicely onto this point, actually, Dom asks do the guys think stadium consumable items will be nice to earners, especially at the start? I feel like what you're talking about around, you know, the kits and badges, if someone gets a bit creative, there may be certain stadium items that really fly at the start.
4: I mean, it's possible, but there's a good chance they're just like TIFOs and nobody really cared about them
3: I'm going to want my cream puff the cat TIFO that's going to be that's going to be extinct in the first week
2: trust (laughs) me
1: I think yeah that is true to an extent although these are items that are available on the transfer market which TIFOs aren't so there is potentially the possibility depending on the weights that certain ones of these are worth something at the start if there's a particular one that receives a lot of hype or interest you could potentially see something increasing.
4: I think we'd have to have like some meme value or something <laughs> like a picture of someone dabbing to just people really <laughs> wanting it. But I, I could be wrong. They could be really cool. But I I can't remember the last time I even looked at my stadium when playing a game. Mm. Well,
1: Japes, what do you think about that? Because obviously, you know, Dark here, cynical about the uh, stadium customization, but, um, you know, you've got your hands on it. What do you think people could get hyped enough to be paying over the odds for certain items?
2: Yeah, I think so. I like perhaps not early on this year because I think I think people might get hyped about it, but it's not going to be right away. So maybe there's maybe there's value there, right? Because if people aren't that interested in those items to begin with, you could scoop a bunch up for a good price, and then when people do start to get interested. You can sell them on, but that's a longer term strategy and really takes some discipline and understanding of the overall community and market. But I think people are going to sort of like grow into their stadium customization. And stadium customization is cool, it is fun, I like it a lot. But depending on the type of player you are, like having Cream Puff on the sideline for me or like a chess piece. <sighs> I don't really care early on. I care I care when my team is I don't, don't disrespect Cream Puff there, James. I'm disrespecting Cream Puff. <laughs> um, oh, my. I mean, now, in the beta, did I put Cream Puff on <laughs> as first choice? <laughs> yes, I did. Uh, you know I did. But am I going to be sacrificing 5,000 coins for Cream Puff when I could spend 5,000 coins on a decent left-back? Mm, probably yeah, it not. is a good point
3: these are the choices we have to make viewers this is- <laughs> <laughs> no no it's a very good point and i i do
1: agree it probably will be something that has increased interest throughout the cycle but maybe isn't the first thing people are thinking about especially during you know early access that kind of period it's it, it really won't be a priority uh let's move on this question i think relates to what we're talking about here chris w asking With market inflation in the past, if I pack an in-demand player at the start, should I be selling them to buy them back later, or should I be keeping them to sell them? I think we've kind of covered this,
2: but... For the sake of this question, though, let's ground ourselves with an example of a decent in-demand player. So. Matt who would who would you call a decent in demand player that is not like a highlight player for a squad but a good solid starter so, player
3: so one that i've just got up here that i'm looking at and um, when i say at the start of the game i'm talking about first weekend league because if you're talking about someone in demand they're going to be someone that's used for that first weekend league so it's not mm-hmm. going to be someone that you're going to pack first day sell them And expect to buy for cheaper in a couple of weeks' time because it's not going to happen. Most in-demand players are going to rise from day one for the first two, three weeks up until that first weekend league. So we're talking, you know, peak times at the first weekend league. So someone like Wilfred Zaha, he was around Mm -hmm. 40,000 coins around that first weekend league. In the coming weeks after that, he dropped significantly. Down to about 20,000 coins. So I'm assuming this is what he's sort of asking. You know, do you sell players like Zaha at their peak price around that first weekend league, and then buy them back a couple of weeks later when they've fallen to bank those coins? It's a good way to go. I think you're mainly going to be looking at the lower rated players. You know, up to and around the eighty three rateds that you know have. Uh, strong competition in leagues from from higher rated players so you know someone like Zaha is a perfect example you know you're looking at the Premier League you've got better options out there once people start increasing their coin totals they'll look you know maybe to the likes of Aguero, Werner, um, abameyang all of those sort of higher end guys so I think yeah if you can sort of invest in players up until that first weekend league sell them at their peak um and then potentially buy them back in a couple of weeks it's a good way to go um definitely don't sell those in demand players that are going to be needed for weekend league squads on day 1 because you'll be selling yourself short of a lot of coins
1: yeah and i guess that's a good point duck it's like there is this point early on where players are really quite cheap because there's not many coins around but they do tend to then rise into the first weekend league and then drop away right
4: yeah they they do, but I kind of feel like if you're thinking that far ahead and you're thinking okay, this guy's going to be cheaper in two, three weeks' time, and mm. you're selling it and you've got all those coins sitting there, you do need to also think about why you're selling them and what you're going to do with those coins in the meantime. Because if you go out and you buy a bunch of other cheaper players, that they're likely going to drop more than this meta card's going to drop. So You've got to have like a backup plan, basically. You've got to have a purpose for these. Mm,
1: yeah, definitely. And, and talking of backup plans or plans generally fortunately i have plans because this is already a proper full-length pod and what i realized was there were loads of really good questions sent in on the pod priority questions discord channel and so there is a supporter exclusive episode covering plenty of the other questions that were asked things like what rivals rewards to take some more trading advice want to watch investing Picking your starter club nationalities, whether to play draft, and loads and loads of other questions around starting FIFA 21. These guys are going to stick around to join in on that. But for now, we'll say our goodbyes on this pod. Remember, if you would like to support the pod, it's just $3 a month and you get all that extra bonus podcast content. And with those supporters, the podcast able to continue. You can go support over at bit.ly slash more pod. So that's bit.ly slash more pod. But there's also another guest on this podcast who has a patron. It is I'm a Duck Quack because you run a trading patron. Do you want to explain to people actually what that is, because I guess some of our listeners may not be familiar with what it is.
4: Yeah, so I run uh trading patrons, as you said, with another guy called Mitch who's the top trade or has been top uh rank on the leaderboards for the last few years for transfer profit. But what we like to do is basically teach people, give them tips and just tell them who we would buy and prices to buy at as an alternative for those that don't want to spend tons of money on FIFA points, basically. So it's, it's a different way that we allow and help people to grow their Coinbase much quicker without spending a fortune, I guess. Yeah,
1: and also, I guess, you know, without necessarily needing to have the knowledge or the time to invest in doing all the research, right, as well?
4: Yeah, we'll do all the basics, all the research, all the hard work for you. But you also have that route to take if you want to learn, then you can learn with us and then fully fledgling fly away from the nest when you feel ready. Nice,
1: yeah. Well, as a duck, you'd... Know all about that actually no, ducks do have nests actually anyway we, we <laughs> digress definitely thank you very much duck for coming on
4: it's been a pleasure as always i'm
1: a duck quack on twitter i believe but with an extra k and then of course matt thank you very much for coming on too you've got some streaming plans i believe and it's at matt for trading on twitter
3: it is indeed we're going to be firing the uh the stream up again once the probably once the full database is released we'll we'll give twitch a go for the year you know hopefully we'll uh we'll have a good grind going but um yeah there's gonna be plenty of content on there you know trading all that kind of early game stuff
1: great and then finally last but not least japes you've got plenty of exciting content coming on fifa 21
2: yeah, you can find my videos youtube.com/airjapesfifa. I will be streaming weekly as soon as the full game drops back like again, which is twitch.tv/airjapesfifa. And actually this Sunday the 13th I will be doing a long like three and a half hour Q&A over FIFA 21 with FIFA 21 gameplay in the background so that's twitch.tv slash FIFA as well and my twitter's twitter.com slash FIFA. so you can feel free to check all those things out and I hope to see you this weekend what time are you starting the stream that is tbd but it will be on my twitter perfect and
1: of course follow japes on twitch and you'll get a notification right? exactly there we go and if you're listening to the Q&A later then you'll probably hear those plugs again because there was some editing wizardry there to make sure they were in the main pod all of that to look forward to along with plenty of interesting questions as well for now though a huge thanks to all you supporters who make these podcasts possible and of course to those icon patrons Dave B DJ FIFA player Hugh J Thomas Alan G Hunter B Alistair Martin M Chris W Coach Fass Matt L harry p sam b dean m david s robbie s tom b jordan paul s yannick h rich t stephen f andrew l m nick jack m christopher r damon h jonathan p lee a paul dominic rob p michael adam w Stephen m david anthony r also ran jeff b roger d dan w eric t andrew c jason b Matt H, Savage P, and Sam MG. A huge thanks as always for supporting the pod and I'll look forward to catching you on the next one.
0: At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more so you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today, because Lowe's knows time is money, Lowe's knows pros.